0: part of the problem with adulting is that there's always more to do like there's there's an endless list and yeah and so you're just you know you're never going to get to the finish line and I think I was driving everybody a little bit crazy because I was like well I still have more to do and I still have more to do and I'm shoving everybody off and so it was a big realization for me years ago to say hey
1: I'm in control here like I need to hey everybody and welcome to the advice not given podcast each week, we share unfiltered, truth telling conversations between friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Ardis and Clearwood of Millspoke Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given.
2: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. Kelly, we're on episode 31. Can you believe that?
1: Wait. <laughs> That's so cool. I like. <laughs> it's so cool. It's We're almost to, wait, we're past our halfway mark for a year. Yeah. We've been doing this for more than six months. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's pretty rad. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Nobody is more surprised than we are. <laughs> <laughs> So, for episode 31, if you're joining in today, we are still on this theme of mindfulness, but today we're going to take a look at it from the approach and the angle of maximizing our productivity. And you hear us talk a lot about priorities and intentionality and self awareness. Well, this is just another layer to that. And uh, several of you probably heard episode 24 back in January, where we talked all about time management systems. Think of this as just going a little deeper, a little more focused in that regard. You will not be surprised by this, but Kelly and I approach even this angle of life uh, from a different way. Kelly is Miss Computer Tech, organized digitally every aspect of her life. And I tend to be old school, analog, pen and paper Um, So we're going to see how some of those things intersect and hopefully you will walk away from this episode with lots of good tips, lots of good resources on how you too can better maximize your productivity. Why is this important to people, Kelly, or why should it matter?
1: So, oh gosh, I would be just such a mess if I didn't have systems, right? Because the The, the seven in me, um, likes to overcommit and do all these things. And I don't like saying no to stuff. So it gets, it really quickly crowds my life up in a way that is either detrimental to my physical (laughs) or mental health. Um, it's detrimental to my family and it doesn't respect the things that I want to do and that I cherish and that I want to prioritize. So I know that I have to have systems in place that protect the things that are important to me. Um, to keep me from having to sit. Remember, I think you said it once, Claire, you were like, my schedule will not allow it. Well, right. I have baked in these processes and these systems that will literally tell people for me, well, oh, her schedule won't allow it. <laughs> Sorry. And that it sounds really self-important and it's not, I, so, I promise. Like I'm not that busy y'all, but like, I know that it's a harder conversation to have with people when you want to say yes to something, but you've already committed to work things. Or if you have a, you know, a thing planned in the afternoon at my kid's school, then I want to make sure to keep that and preserve that. So I need to figure out ways to, um, make sure that my work life fits around that. Thankfully I have a job that allows for that too. So let's just... Right.
2: Well, I love how you're you're kind of looking at that at a micro level on like okay, on Tuesday I can't say yes to this because my daughter has a rugby match or a lacrosse game or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the macro like bigger picture level, it's saying no so we can say yes to the important right. things. And I think that's where we we want to land with this conversation today. So Aww. You know what are what would you say would be some of the the bigger pieces for you that um kind of fall into not not necessarily your priorities but like some of the bigger tools or the most important tools you're using to help you with that.
1: Well, I think. Excuse me. I think the main thing is my calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, do, I first of all I have like eighty five calendars. It's like embarrassing to. <laughs> do, you <laughs> to any, do you
2: have any paper calendars or all of them I, digital?
1: No, I do. I have a board. Um, in my office that I look at and I have events on the board okay. so that I, you know, big things that I know that I'll need to like look at every day and stare at, <laughs> um, I have that on my board. And then I have, I also have that available for my kids' sake, right? Like they can come in and see, yep. oh, this is a big week for mom. Right. Now, do they know, but I'm trying to start instilling that in them. Like, Hey, listen, we did your stuff last week. <laughs> like, clearly I'm here for you daily, but, right. um, you know, so, or a trip, like, cause I, cause I travel a lot. I like to put the trips on the calendar so that they see when I will be out of town. Um, and I do have a desk calendar that I keep like running to do lists on, but if it's not in my digital calendar, like there's a problem. Yeah. So, you know, basically my rule of thumb, like, It has to be on my phone. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, even down to, like, my payment cards, my frequent flyer stuff for, you know, for airlines, all of my passwords have to be on my phone. Like, everything is, I could pretty much operate from my phone. Um, And that comes from my years of being a virtual assistant and wanting to not be stuck at a desk for 24 hours a day. Um, I got real good and savvy at, like, what kind of tools I needed to take with me so that I could be working at the aquarium. You know what I mean? Uh So. Anyway, um, yeah, I get, I
2: get that, but it also makes me really nervous for you because what if you lose your phone? What if your phone loses its power? I'm like, there's gotta be an analog version of some of this. Like there has to be a paper printed out. I guess that's just, uh, I don't know. I need to be a little bit more, a little bit more like you.
1: It is all in the cloud. It's all in the cloud. I don't do any, like I have, so (laughs) the boss that I had once, he like would literally dispose of laptops. Like, he, they were, like, disposable items to him. He'd buy, like, a MacBook Air. He'd leave it on an airplane probably twice a year. And I'm like, oh my God, you left your computer. He's like, Kelly, it's in the cloud. Whatever. I just put, I just log in on a new one and it's fine. And I would, that was part of my job. I would go to Apple, buy him a new computer and log him in. And he had everything he needed. It was the same. He just exchanged the hardware. That was it. So no, yeah, that's kind of the mentality. Like anything that I use definitely has to have a cloud aspect and a backup aspect. Um, so it's not like remotely saving anything. And yes, I am way too reliant on that, (laughs) but if, yeah, it's so working,
2: it if it's working, if it's then working, then that's awesome. Well, I have to yeah. give she- Shelly, I have to give Kelly a shout out here because a few months ago, um, we were just noticing, or I was particularly noticing some holes in uh, in some breakdowns, really, of some of our some of our workflow for Milspo Gurus and our podcast. And I set out a challenge to like really clean up my digital life, and with Kelly's mentoring and her accountability, I was able to like organize all my email files, get all my Google Drive stuff in different folders. And I don't know if you have noticed, but I feel like our flow is going a little bit Yay. better because I have taken that step to put some of those systems in place. So
1: thank you. Kudos to you. <laughs> well, I'm super proud of you. It's so, isn't it just great? Like it's so liberate now. And I'll tell you, and I did actually, so I did some screenshot, like screen flow videos uh, for Claire to see mm-hmm. like, what you do, this is how you do it, um, which is one of my tools that I have listed in my thing that I'll share. But um, she's like, oh my god, how, you have so many tabs and so many bookmarks and like icons and things on your desktop that um, my head. It is me nervous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but y'all, y'all have seen my desk? It was in one of our Instagram highlights. Like, it's a. I know where everything is. I do even digitally. Like, I know where everything is. I do have an order, and it probably wouldn't make sense to somebody off the street, like that walked in and had to sit down at my computer. But I promise, like there are systems and buttons and I have an organization to it, um, for everything. So, and I have a digital profile for each of my quote. I think of them as like personas, but I have like Kelly, my personal life has its own Google Chrome window extension with its own set of bookmarks, with its own set of passwords, with its own set of everything. Um, all of my ventures, like my job, you know, Spoke gurus, uh, the boards that I serve on, all of those things kind of have their own, like, five uh, people I don't know I don't know how else to describe it but it's it's a safe place for me to come and like as long as I remember that one password for my password keeper then I'm good I have access to all of it it's almost
2: and I don't I'm not making light of this but it literally is almost like a multiple personality disorder of your computer it's like (laughs) which (laughs) which thing do I need to go be today let me just pull that open
1: yeah but it's also like a really tangible way to shut this down oh my gosh yeah it is so I've got on my calendar, right? Okay. So I keep my planner calendar in front of me. And if you do time blocking for, and this, this isn't just professional y'all, this could be personal too. You could time block, okay, for, you know, from 10 to 11, I'm going to work on my personal house tax, my household taxes. Um, I have, you know, I pull up my personal window, like that profile on my Google Chrome. It's got all my bookmarks, it's got all my bank accounts, it's got all my everything saved on it. I can pull that up. It's got my email account that has my accountant's information, who I text, you know, like everything's there. And then when I'm done at 11 o'clock, I close it down and I put on my Millie hat and I go and open that window and respond to all the things over there. So it, I don't know, it makes sense for me. And I don't know how else to operate at this point. What
2: I am hearing is extreme productivity and extreme efficiency, which is what we're getting at with this idea of trying to maximize it. It's allows you to have your, you know, your foot in a lot of things or your hand in a lot of things without overlap. And I think that that is part of being mindful and keeping your headspace clear because you do have it so compartmentalized. So I say, I say kudos to that. Well, we want to take a minute or two and just maybe kind of do some rapid fire sharing, go back and forth of some Processes or systems or resources or helps that each of us
1: use to keep up our productivity. So Kelly, why don't you start and then I'll share one of mine. Just one. LastPass. Um, it's a password keeper. It's encrypted. You can pay for a pro version. I only use the free ones. Um, I have. I even have different master. <laughs> um, LastPass profiles for each of my things, but it has an extension on Google that will it's kind of like Google. And I guess Google has a password keeper too that you could use also. Um, but it keeps everything, all my logins. It'll create um really crazy logins that are almost essential nowadays with the letters and numbers and stuff. Um and then you can share passwords with other people and they're masked. So Claire, if I wanted to give you access to my Facebook, which I wouldn't, but if I did, just pretend, I would send you. A share file, like a share link, and it would let you then have my password without seeing it. It's pretty cool.
2: That is really cool. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool. One of my systems that I kind of live and die by is I keep a very tight grasp on um, really like our personal paper files that we keep in a safe. And I'm constantly going through them, constantly weeding out, shredding things that no longer are important. But I feel like at any moment, if I needed to put my hands on birth certificates, passports, social security cards, Um, Ryan's orders, our last will and testament, powers of attorney, like I have hard copies of that in a very systematic, organized way. And um, not only does that help help me sleep at night, but like anytime we have a life transition where I know that we're going to need access to those documents, not in a digital way, but the hard copies, Mm -hmm. it's so easy. I just go put my hand around the handle. I pull the little portable file out of the safe and I'm like, what you need? I got it right here. It's alphabetized. Um, and it, it just, I don't know. It gives me a lot of peace to know that all those things are all in one place, constantly curated, constantly kept up to
1: date. I love that. So I have to keep my son's immunization records. Um, like almost in a safety deposit box because they've messed up his profile in the system so many times that like they always try to re-immunize him and so anyway I have ours yeah in the safe as well (laughs) but fun note I have also all of those scanned and saved in my last pass so if needed like when I go to the rec department and register for them for some sport and they're like oh we need his birth certificate I can pull that up and typically that works like they're they're not Huge sticklers for that, but we do keep hard copies, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then what I use to scan those items is an app called TurboScan. Um, oh, well,
2: I was just going to share a scanner app too, right. Kelly. I use Genius yeah. Scan, but yeah, you go ahead. Okay. Go ahead.
1: I mean there's nothing really special about it. It's just an app scanner that I have found just insanely useful. I mean yeah. Andrew texted me the other day. He's trying to he's trying to put his board packet and all this stuff together and he needed some school documents that he hadn't scanned into his profile. Mm-hmm. So who has a scanner or a fax machine or you know any of that stuff anymore? So yeah, I was able to scan yeah. it and send it to him.
2: And for like the person who may not be following exactly what this is, you literally have the app on your phone, mine at least, you open up your camera. Physically hover above the document you want. It captures it like you would a picture. And then it, uh, what would you say, like modifies it into like a PDF file uh, mm-hmm. instantly on the app. And so then you can share it, email it, text it. It's awesome. Mm, Okay. I got another one. I have so many
1: of these. Um, Okay. So Wunderlist, W-U-N-D-E-R list um, is awesome for keeping like running to-do lists and could be grocery lists, could be packing lists. Uh, You could put dates on it. So it gives you alerts. It syncs up with all your, all your stuff um, and you can uh, share it. So I share our honeydew list with Andrew on this. <laughs> so we have a running yeah, like all kinds of stuff. And I actually used to use this for work as well. It's pretty robust and you can use it for teams if you want it to. So that I love.
2: That's really cool. Another system that I have, or we kind of operate with as a family, and this is going to sound really like simple. We have a Sunday night meeting every week, and it's Mm -hmm. usually around 730 or eight, kind of after our kids have gotten home from youth group before the, the TV or the bedtime routines begin. And we sit down for five to 10 minutes, either at the table or on the sectional. I have my planner out and everybody just kind of says, hey, here's what we have going this week. One daughter's like, yeah, I'm babysitting on Tuesday. My son's like, I'm refereeing soccer games Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, Ryan tells me the night he's going to be late, you know, won't be home for dinner. And it's just another level of communicating to each other where we'll be which ends up helping us manage expectations. And so I'm not frustrated that, oh, okay, it's on me to get one kid to babysitting and one kid to soccer on the same night, because that's also the night Ryan won't be home. Um, I can manage that expectation now. And it's not Tuesday afternoon. And I'm like, well, I can't do this. Right. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're kind of putting that out there. And it goes back to another phrase that I think we try to live by at our house. And that is, write the vision and make it plain. If you, if our kids don't know what's going on, if they can't see the family calendar, if they don't know what the, maybe the meal plan is for the week, like anything that you can write down, you alluded to this earlier too, with travel plans and schedules, anything that you can write down and they can see it alleviates them having to ask and you having to think and having to answer. It's just yep. right there. So that kind of goes along with our Sunday night meeting. I love to keep the meal plan for the week on the fridge My personal calendar that kind of operates as our family calendar, I keep it open in a common area so anybody can, you know, walk by and see it and add things to it. So that's another hack or tip that we use to kind of maximize time, maximize communication and stay mindful of our priorities.
1: Mm, That's great. Yeah, I love that. I I struggle with that, though, because my uh, oldest is super rigid. So, like, sometimes I can't. Like, we've done meal plan little boards, you know, like this is what we're having for dinner this week, exactly for the reason you're saying. Like, I could point to the board instead of being asked a million questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I change it, you said we were having spaghetti tonight. <laughs> oh my God, Claire, <laughs> it's so bad. Like, it's re- so I've gotten where I, sometimes I don't tell her plans just so that I can have the freedom and the flexibility. <laughs> To roll with something else, and let me tell you, my meal board has not changed since New Year's this time around. So we have, we still have Hop and Johns on for Monday. <laughs> <Like> it's, <laughs> it's it's been a rough deployment. Well, um, hey, no judgment there. I know. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I use Apple Pay a lot for now, and I've also, I know this probably isn't the safest thing, so I don't know if I'm recommending to do this or not. But I do it. Um, I have my credit card stored in like all kinds of apps, so like. I can leave my wallet at home and still survive, which is crazy. Um, I've gone, we went to Starbucks when the kids were really little once. I love the story. I was in the checkout line, like in the drive-thru at Starbucks, like pinned in somebody behind me. And I was like, oh my God, you guys, I'd gotten them all hyped up. We were going to get cake pops and like kids coffee. And I had a, you know, whatever. And I didn't have any, I didn't have my wallet. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> we're screwed. But I was able to get in the app, reload my, my, gift card via PayPal all while sitting at the drive-thru. It was like, oh, that's a win. My kids were so impressed. It's almost like <laughs> magic. It, it really, I thought, I mean, this was like six years ago too. So it really was back then. Um, but then I was at Core Life the other day. There's a restaurant in town and didn't have my wallet for some random reason. And she told me that I could get on the app, upload my credit card details, which I have saved in LastPass. And pay for the food on the app and just pick it up like a to-go order. And I did. So save, I know, I know. It saved me some embarrassment. I was able to get my food. Did that <laughs> little interchange with your kids at Starbucks
2: lead them down a road of thinking like, oh, there's an endless supply of money. Like
1: anything you we want. Just scan not- your phone, mom. <laughs> no do you know what my son actually said to me or my daughter she was probably four um she was like I'm like oh oh my god I don't have any money she goes mommy it's fine just there's somebody behind us just borrow some of her monies (laughs) I was like I can't do that Hannah that's not how the world works um yeah they have no concept it's so sad like we're gonna have to figure this one out (laughs) that's
2: funny though that's funny well speaking of kids I have another one I'll share um as I've you know, alluded to before, my kids are teenagers and we're kind of quickly approaching that that period where they will be transitioning out of the home to college or, um, you know, life beyond our home. And one thing that I have started, um, I try to start this when each kid hits eighth grade, that I create what I call a launch, L-A-U-N-C-H, launch notebook. And I put dividers in it. And again, this is paper analog stuff. But anything that they've done, like dual enrollment, any like um, both of my older two kids have taken the ACT as part of the Duke TIP program. So ACT scores, school or uh, otherwise standardized test scores. I just put copies of that filed in this notebook. Um passwords to online accounts that they have with um, like my son has a tutor.com account that he does ACT prep study with. So it's like all in one place. And my friend Ciara, hello, hello. She used to work as an advisor at a college and she was like, girl, you are every academic advisor or college admissions advisors dream. So that's one thing that I feel like gives me peace um, in helping them prepare to make that transition. Uh, but it's also a way to stay organized with all of our moving and anything that I feel like is a pertinent document, I can just
1: file it in that notebook. So I had no idea how important something like that was. I I love that, Claire. I'm going to come back to you in a couple of years. <laughs> but um, also, quick plug, uh, there's a book called Seasons of My Military Student. Have you seen this? I have. Um, it's Amanda Tremios, I think I said that right, and Stacy Albert huseman and they um, – educators and they spend a lot of time like diving into like how to prep your kids for a pcs and transition and all that good stuff um, but they talk a lot about having that notebook and already starting to curate that notebook even for like kids as little as mine mm-hmm. um, which I had never really considered because uh, we're just just now getting real about school. So I think that's huge. I'm gonna have to just, I'm gonna have to do that. Well, and I can
2: see, I can see the the argument for doing it for young kids because um, I was actually at a forum last week here on Fort Polk about the K-12 school situation here. And I mean, yeah, as you move from state to state, even little, you know, elementary age kids, schools are wanting transcripts. Schools are mm-hmm. wanting their kids file. They're wanting, you know, shot records. So it's even just another extension of a a filing system, if you will, for helping to make those transitions easier and, you know, yeah, not, not having, having to rely on like call it, well, let me call the school in the summer. Right. And see if somebody's there and they can, you know, send <laughs> over the test scores and, and that kind right. of thing.
1: Yeah. And then also just like, like... Uh- I think you were saying last episode about having to do something in triplicate, like it's annoying to have to like, so I, I write letters each year for my, both my kids, um, to the teacher, like, Hey, this is my kid. Like, I know you're not going to have a long time to get to know them. You know, this is what makes them special. This is what makes them amazing. This is where they struggle, (laughs) um, you know, whatever. And I find myself writing it over and over again. I'm like, why don't I have this like standardized Mm -hmm. (laughs) or have some kind of template? But I think, um, I think I'm going to have to get serious about that. (laughs) Uh, here soon
2: well speaking of triplicate something else I've started doing and I know it may you know tick off the the administrative people that I have to ask this to but when I have to start filling out like for example um, medical forms at the doctor when we set up a new you know at a new practice or at a new uh, hospital or facility when I have to do it at the dentist for three kids plus me when I have to do it at child and youth services I have started asking for one copy I go through and fill out as much as I can that's standard, our address, um, my husband's social security, our insurance information, all those things. And then I say, I have completed as much of this as I can that's standardized. Would you mind to make two more copies of it? And then I just go fill in their birthdays, their social security numbers, their ages. And I know that sounds like so Fair. over the top,
1: but it is like saving my life sometimes. I can't even tell you how brilliant that is. I am in awe right now. <laughs> that is so freaking smart. I got so annoyed the other day at the dentist. Now, granted, this was an app. They've gotten all tech savvy and they have it on an, on an iPad, but it was like, name what medical conditions you have. It was like 85 pages of medical conditions yeah. and literally it was known none for all of it made me touch every single one. Like I had the kids. It was a game. We had it set down on the floor in front of us and we were all touching the nose all the way down the screen. Oh, i like, there's my gosh, that's crazy. You have to do it like twice a year or something. Like they have to. Okay. So now you've just changed my whole like mindset of. Well,
2: all Admit they can part. say is no, and then if they right. say no, but but then most of the time, the times I've done it, the people are like, "Oh my gosh, that's genius! We should tell more people to do this." I'm like, "Well, listen, I have oh, always smart. had three kids and very you know close in age, so like vacation Bible school registration, whatever it is, I have to fill it out and triplicate, and I ain't got time
1: for that." So, oh my god, that was the whole episode right there. We could call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. That's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm well, that's my last one. Yeah, I, got my no, last I, can't <laughs> I can't top it. I've got, um, I've got a few other things. If you guys need, if you have questions about like digital productivity or organization, like I can nerd out all day long, feel free to DM me or send us an email, uh, anything, Claire or Kelly at MillSpotGurus. We'd love yeah. to hear. And also I'm sure we'll do this on Instagram, but we'd love to hear your hacks. Like what is it that keeps you sane and mindful? Um, when it comes to just day-to-day living or family organization or home planning or any of that kind of stuff, we'd love to hear your thoughts.
2: Well, yeah, and that's a perfect segue. So I have had an interview with Lauren Roethlisberger, a daily curator, military spouse extraordinaire, uh, kindred spirit after we, we talked for almost an hour, even though we only recorded about a you know 20 minute uh, actual advice segment. And I know that you are going to love some of her wonderful, uh, very full of wisdom suggestions on this idea of maximizing your productivity, keeping the main thing, the main thing. So please enjoy my interview
1: with Lauren. Hey, folks, just a quick break to talk about our 20 for 20 Patreon campaign for Advice Not Given podcast. So in case you're wondering, gosh, this is such a great podcast. I really, really love it. I wish there was some way that I could let Claire and Kelly know that what they're doing matters. And uh, we'd like to continue to hear more of it. Uh, there is such a way. You can head over to patreon.com slash gurus and pledge to support us for as little as $1 per episode. That's literally less than a latte where you can actually put a couple of bucks in a virtual tip jar to let us know that you're enjoying what we're doing and that you would like to see us continue. So with those those funds, uh, we will actually be supporting some of the podcast hosting uh, systems that we have in place, some of the overhead that we need. We'll work on getting uh, upgraded equipment and making sure that the podcast is something that you actually want to continue listening to uh, in an auditory capacity. (laughs) We want to make sure it sounds okay, basically. Um, So yeah, so head over to patreon.com. If you're interested in supporting us in that way, we will love and adore you and cherish you forever. And also unlock some perks, uh, like bonus episodes that we keep Mm, confidential for our patrons only for the most part and those are some pretty juicy conversations that we definitely think you'll enjoy. So if you're interested in joining our community of patrons, let us know. Head over to patreon.com slash gurus and sign up today. And now back to our actual advice from our expert.
2: Hi everybody, welcome to this segment of actual advice. Today, I am interviewing an expert in the field of mindfulness and productivity and time management, Lauren Rothlesberger. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. We're really excited to dig in today. Um, you know, if you've been listening all month, we have been talking about mindfulness and how that shows up in different areas of our lives. And Lauren is a military spouse, and she she has some unique insight on how um, really how some of those stresses of military life can negatively impact our time and productivity. Uh, Lauren, what would you have to say to that?
0: Oh, well... That's a can of worms. Um, I think military life obviously offers some really amazing things and opportunities and adventure and all these great things. Uh, but there's always a flip side to that. And I think a lot of it has to do with expectation management. Um, this is really hard for me. This is kind of what led me to to sort of the mindful productivity. Um, I struggle with expectation management. And in the military, I think that's really difficult because we live so many seasons. So like, not only do we have the four seasons of life, the way people do through, I mean, like our actual fall, winter, spring, summer, Mm -hmm. um, which offer different, you know, challenges here and there, like, you know, summer, if you have kids and if you stay at home or work at home or whatever that offers challenges, but then we have these other seasons like PCS season. And, you know, that's like a six month buildup. And then it's a six month, I always say it takes six months to get settled in. And if you're, doing an OCONUS move, it's like even worse. Um, right. and so I think the seasons, you know, and, and being able to adjust your expectations, like another one is, um, deployments, pre-deployment, post-deployment, um, the, you know, the sort of the roller coaster that you go on. And, and so sort of like, you know, this mindful productivity that, um, we can talk about a little bit more, has a lot to do with managing those expectations. Um, and particularly from the stresses of our, our military life, um, and there's just there's a lot of those, and we have to figure out how to weave those into our time and our time
2: management and all that kind of stuff. I love that. Well, I'm going to dig a little deeper and ask you to get personal here, but what you said that you struggle with expectation management, and I can say that I, I definitely do too, and I think a lot of that's just my own wiring and my own personality. but give me an example or maybe clarify, do you have is it harder for you to manage the expectations you place on yourself or are these more like external expectations, maybe from a spouse or kind um, of the, the call to service or both?
0: I think, well, I think it is probably both, but I would give more weight on my own personal expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten better over the years at trying to keep things off my plate. I say no to a lot more stuff than I used to. Um, yeah. Hardest, hardest with my kids and, and, and my husband, but my with my kids, you know, wanting to, you know, be there for them and do the things and um, be all the things and right. that's hard. Um, but a lot of this is just a self driven. I'm an Enneagram eight, if that tells you something. So um, (laughs) so that's very like, I just have this sort of internal drive to want to do, like, I just really get a lot of value from accomplishing tasks and being able to like, have and, you know, say I did this, 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 this. Um, Like, for example, I'm a big DIY person, I love working on our house and stuff. And that's because and I know why it is, it's because I can do a project that I can see that it like got done right now. Um, and I, I do plenty of long term projects, too. But I think that that expectation of just wanting to see things that are complete, um, that's it's, it's very much an internal thing for me.
2: I, I agree. It's something that can be measured, right? Like you can mm-hmm. see that it has a, a plan, it has a beginning, a middle an end. And um, I always joke, I'm the same way. But for me, a lot of it has to do with control. Um, so many factors mm. in my life feel out of control, especially yes. with the military calling <laughs> a lot of the shots. So if I can take back control, albeit false sometimes, then I at least feel like I have some agency in my life and some, oh, some autocum of control. Yes.
0: Absolutely. I think that's 100% is is something that we face as um, military spouses a lot. You really, you know, you you're, you have to I have such low expect. I've learned to have low expectations when it comes to military type stuff. You know, you don't know when your summer leave is going to be. You don't know when the orders are going to come. You don't, you know, and there's so many right. points of frustration with that. I think that the things I feel like I can control in our home or with the kids and stuff, things like that with work, um, you know, I'm really kind of type A about that because I've had to let go of so many other uh, control factors. And maybe that's, I don't know if that's a good thing, but that's how I try to find the balance. Um, yeah. But no, I, think I think a lot of us it. struggle with that.
2: Mm-hmm. I do too. Well, so in your, in your estimation and in your expertise, like how do you feel like being mindful of your time and of your productivity can be a very helpful tool in your toolkit of life or in your toolkit of self-awareness? So what does that look like?
0: Well, I think so. So, um, I used to be kind of turned, I, I went through a phase where I got turned off by the word productivity and I know where it came from. It kind of came from this entrepreneurship world of like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like right. you know, you should always be up at like, you know, four in the morning and work till midnight because if you really care, that's the hustle and it's all about how productive you are. And um, you know, and I I kind of I, I was I'd say fed into that world a little bit for a while and I was just like, this is this doesn't work for me. I can't right. like, I can't do that. Like, um, you know, I I've got kids and I've got a husband that's in and out um from a you know, so solo parenting is in there a lot too. And I was just like you know, and so I came across this term mindful productivity. I thought, ah, oh, this makes more sense. This is sort of like, you know, getting those two worlds together. Like, yes, you want to be productive, but in a way that makes you feel mindful of everything else and everyone else around you, um, which is absolutely, it's still a daily struggle for me, um, right. Right? having productivity that still fits within within my family and saying, you know, okay, that's enough. So, for, So years ago, I used to kind of feel like I never, you know because part of the problem with adulting is that there's always more to do, like there's, of there's an endless of and yeah, and so you're just, you know, you're never going to get to the finish line, and I think I was driving everybody a little bit crazy, because I was like, well, I still have more to do, and I still have more to do, and I'm shoving everybody off, and so it was a big realization for me years ago to say, hey, I'm in control here, like, I need to draw the finish line every day and figure out what my mindful productivity looks like so that I can also, the mindful part being, I can also turn to my family and say, okay, kids are home now. I've got to, you know, we got to do sports or I've got to help with homework or dinner or just all these other life things like family admin stuff. I mean, um, all that kind of stuff, the balance of the family. Uh, so that was where it kind of came in where I was like, what's productive for me today. And when I can say, you know what? I'm good. I did that. Like, yes, there's many other things that are gonna roll to the next day, but like this is cool. I can I can say I I accomplished X, Y, Z and be satisfied with that. So that was for me a lot of the mindful productivity part.
2: I love that. Well, and I like you probably have had to tell yourself this too. I have to often remind myself that people in my home and people that I love and serve matter more than my projects and they matter more than my productivity. So there is that that element of mindfulness when it comes to yes. our relationships. But I want you to speak on something. So I have to admit, like I stalk your Instagram. I love all the things you post. And one of the things I think maybe even recently you've posted is some photos or pictures of what your planner looks like. And you plug or block out these big chunks that you call your DND time, your mm-hmm. do not disturb time. And what I love about that is not only do you make that a part of your mindfulness But it doesn't necessarily mean that that D&D time has to be work-related. I know you are an advocate of using that as your exercise time or even rest if you need it. So tell our listeners a little bit more about the way you very intentionally schedule and block off those do not disturb times and what that looks like.
0: Sure, yeah. So basically what I try to do is every week, whether it's Sunday night, ideally Sunday night, sometimes Monday morning, I really look at the week and um, I look at what events and appointments are going to get on my calendar, you know, everything from doctor's appointments, the kids go into practices or whatever. Um, those are the things you have to show up for. Um, right. and I always say that's the, that's the time you're not going to get anything done,
1: <laughs> of course. um,
0: you know, and so then you have to schedule around that. So then I look for these big time blocks and I call them do not disturb time. And even within those blocks, sometimes I'll say, well, um, you know, for, for the first two hours, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for work, but then on this other, I've got to do family admin and maybe that's researching camps for the summer or, you know, just some of these other things in there. Um, I try really hard during the do not disturb time to actually put on my do not disturb. Um, I don't answer phone calls from friends and I, you know, try really to focus that time and, and it could be exercising or whatever, but it's the things that when I, when I do that time and then I, daily curate, which means I take that chunk of time. And that's what I'm really curating is during that chunk. Um, then at the end of it, I can say, well, look, I did really get all this other stuff done. So if I really never accomplished quote unquote, anything else after uh, a certain time of day for me, because my kids come home, you know, it's, it's that, that post school time, even though, I mean, I technically am, I'm like feeding them dinner and I'm taking them places and I'm supporting them and all this other stuff, but it doesn't have that same feeling as a task accomplished, which for me is like a mental A mental thing. So that's kind of what I mean by that do not disturb time is um, doing that. And I schedule it out for the whole week. So does that change sometimes? Of course. I mean, things happen, kids get sick, things get thrown. I mean, things come up, but I try really hard to protect that time. Um, And so then I can say, wow, really, I've got like 15 hours this week, or I've got 20 hours, or however many hours. Um, What am I going to do with that to make sure I'm getting the most out of it? Um, Right.
2: Well, and Kelly and I have talked a few different times on our podcast about how I think sometimes as women, we are conditioned to try to multitask and juggle all the work, spin all the plates. But I would I would assume that having these uh, very scheduled and, you know, almost giving yourself like the time you need as it's an appointment, like you're showing up to that helps with single tasking and staying focused on just the one or two things that you have so
0: you are right um, and I know you're a single tasker too because I've seen that before and I think I'm really a huge at the only multitasking I'm a fan of is I'm folding laundry and maybe I'm catching up with a friend my friends are really important to me they're a high priority for me um, or family too and you know that doesn't live here and so like if I'm cutting up vegetables or doing something really mindless, then I'll consider right. that maybe a multitask. But I don't believe in multitasking work. I don't think you can, I just think it's sort of women think that they're really good at that, but they're not. I think the multitasking woman thing is more like if you hear a baby crying you're probably going to hear that at the same time you're doing something else. It's mm-hmm. Like It's just different. It's not It's not your ability to do multiple things at once. So, I mean, humans are really not good at that. Um, and right. there's a ton of research that backs that up. So
2: Right. Well, I call it um, when I feel overwhelmed and I, I have seen myself falling back into those traps of multitasking, I refer to it as having too many tabs open. Just like on your computer, you really can't work with more than one tab uh, open at a time and at least not do it effectively. Well, I'm just going to ask you, because this is, is hitting me uh, in a personal a personal way. We are in the midst of a PCS. We have found out where we're going. We're about 90 days out. So the, the snowball is picking up size and speed mm-hmm. as it avalanches down the hill. Um, what does that look like in terms of of trying to like single task your way through maybe one of those seasons, one of those seasons that you don't have so much control over. Could you give our listeners like me some advice on that?
0: Sure. I think um while it's a tough one. I think it's a really tough one. So we actually just uh, last June moved back from Germany, which um is a big move. The Okona right. moves are definitely big and um in the process we uh before we even moved, we actually Bought a house and that we'd never seen, and it was just kind of a crazy. It was a crazy time, um, and so one of the things I started to do because I knew we had to do plans to do a couple of renovations before our Household Goods moved moved in and all that stuff. So I really started to offload as much other stuff. Like it was, it was, you know, being ruthless with what I'm actually going to put on my plate every day because mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, a lot of us are very optimistic people and we have this idea of wanting to accomplish so many things. And the reality is, once that we started to shift into move season, I had to get really serious with like, what could I really accomplish? And I need to take down. I'm more of like, usually I'm like a three target a day kind of person with work stuff. Like, um, and I'll focus on those three. And it's like, no, maybe you got to go down to one. And I mean, everybody has different circumstances depending on how right. much you control your schedule. Um, but I think anytime you're prepping for that, I mean, you're basically have all this stuff being added to your to your mm-hmm. day. And- They still only has 24 hours. Um, So I like to talk about attention management. That's an Adam Grant term. If anyone follows Adam Grant, he's a really interesting person. Um, And I love the term attention management because we all have 24 hours. It's what you do with the 24 hours and where your attention goes. It's really not time management. It's attention management. And in the PCS season, you've got to shift your attention some. Um, That's good just all there. I think that's the only way to do it without completely losing your mind. And I can say that personally, when I moved to Germany, I did not do very well with my expectation and my attention management. And I became very overwhelmed. And I was like shocked with how hard it was to settle in there. And I was still trying to do all the same things I would normally do. And it was like, you know, I had to basically tap the brakes and be like, whoa, I got to like put something off my plate because I'm going to go crazy. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and it it worked itself out when I kind of you know step step back a little bit but i think every time you find yourself not stepping back you're just you're going to run into a wall i it's is my feeling
2: i agree and for i'm an enneagram 6 and so i'm very much uh built by relationships and so this that aspect of you know using your example of going from three targets to one i often have a harder time setting those things aside or saying you know it's time to start, you know, backing off of the things that we're responsible for and the things that we're involved in. Mm -hmm. But it's always so difficult for me because I don't just see it as a task or I don't just see it as work related or volunteer related. It's the people. And so there's this extra layer of pressure and attention management that I'm, because I'm so focused on, well, like, how am I exiting this relationship or how is this, um, Aspect of community shifting for me, so that's a, right. I guess, an extra layer that I have to uh, have to keep in mind. So that's that's really good information. Well, yeah. Lauren, tell us a little bit more about Daily Curator and what you do there, and kind of how that kind of brings all this to a uh, sure. to a fine point. Um,
0: so, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I'm a big fan of building out the week and then the sort of the the uh, date the everyday stuff of that is called the Daily Curator. I, I call it the Daily Curator. It's not It's not just a planner. Um, while there is a planner, I'm I'm really about the action. I'm about the verb. Like, what are you doing? So, I mean, it's a system or a method, I, I would say. And uh, it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't care what calendar you use. If it's a piece of paper, a scrap of paper, I do both digital calendars and I do paper calendars. I'm a big fan of having both sides. I like digital because it thinks for you. It sends you alerts and stuff, but then I'm really big into pen on paper. So everybody kind of has to see what fits for them, but it's really the action of, are you sitting down every morning five to 10 minutes a day and really planning out or curating your day. And the reason I like the word curating is because it always made me think of like a museum curator. So they, right. you know, you don't just slap a bunch of artwork up on, on the wall in a museum. I mean, you have to really think about the process and what people are going to go through as they're walking through and the experience and how that relates to this one and this one. And and so it's really interesting. And um, you know, what, what the cause and effect is. So the same thing with your day, um, so I, I talk about capturing a lot of things. You have a lot of lists and you may have a calendar and you may have a project list and a, you know, other family lists and a work lists, and all these things. And then you have to be very, very strict with taking all those things and just saying, what are you actually going to place on that day each day? And then like, try to stick with it. Um, so for me, because I am a really task oriented person, um, That was really helpful when I started doing this because it allowed me to lay out my day and to feel complete and like I accomplished things and I finished things um, and not focus so much on all the things that I hadn't done yet. and it's just kind of like laying out a roadmap for you every day. Like, okay, like what do you need to do? Because I think we can really easily get distracted by like, I'm doing this one thing and then like, oh, wait, I forgot. I wanted to do this other thing and then like you pop over to it. And um, and then you're just kind of like spinning your wheels. Mm-hmm. So um, so in the, in my version of The Daily Curator, uh, you have things that are kind of common things like chores and sort of daily things you maybe do, workout, mindfulness, whether it's devotionals or or meditating or whatever. And then I have like these three targets I do um, for me every day. That's like for me, it's usually work related. It's a work target um, that I'm after, and I try to make it a very actionable item. So it's not like work on your website. It's like specifically like you know write about page content or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have another section for what I would call like work life admin, but those are typically five minute tasks. So things I can knock out. Um, you know, maybe I'm sitting and waiting for someone to finish their lac- lacrosse practice or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, I can shoot that email over real quick to that person and just check in. Or so some of those things that maybe fill in those weird gaps, um, time gaps you have, um, or sometimes I'll sit and knock them out, out at once just depends on the day. Right. But that's yeah. kind of how I look at the whole daily curating concept. And um, it's worked well for me. Um, it seems to work well for for quite a few other people. But you know, to each his own, everybody has to kind of figure out what what uh you know, how they approach their day. But um, if you find yourself sort of struggling with feeling like, oh my gosh, I just have so many things and I'm just, you know, my head feels like it's spinning, something like this might might be helpful.
2: Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, I love your use of the word curator and something I feel like I kind of keep coming back to in multiple episodes and just with my own mindset of like goal setting is we tend or we should try to quote begin with the end in mind. And I love yes. the, the idea of you're really not just curating your day. You're not just curating your minutes. You're curating your life (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. you know, if if you think about where you want to end up at the end of your life, it's, it's, you could go back and look at your planner and see what's pointing you to that. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I just love that idea that it's not just like a to-do list and it's not just a check sheet of like, do these things. You are very much being intentional and mindful in creating the kind of life that you want. And it's done through those seemingly mundane tasks or the, the things you allow onto your plate or onto your right. schedule. So I think that's, I just, that's beautiful.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I think that, I think, I think you're totally right about that. And I think it is like, that is what life is, is all of these tasks. And even my husband, he's so great about reminding me, cause I'll say, I didn't really get anything done today. And he's like, well, I mean, it looks like you did, you like did, you know, you went, And stopped by the school and turned in all this paperwork and did, you know, like all these things that just seem like really mundane life tasks. But, I mean, it's stuff that has to get done. And I think um, I'm probably particularly speaking to sort of stay-at-home or work-at-home moms who maybe take on that role more so. It can feel like you're not doing anything grand or exciting. Right. Right and you're not, but I mean, a lot of life is sort of like that. And it's just a good reminder. Like you said, I mean, I do save all my journals and I kind of flip back through them sometimes and see where I was in the project and the process. And, um, you know, because it's all about the process, like, it it is. Is, you know, that that's what re- you're, you know, cause you never, there's really never an end. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just one big long process. Um, so yeah. So I think, I think, uh, you know, that's just maybe helpful for some people. And, um, I really like your reflections on that.
2: Yeah, thank you. I uh, there's a homeschool mom that I follow and she shared something recently that I thought was really profound and um you know we all love the idea of a good to-do list right we love to mark things off highlight them check through them however but she suggested especially maybe if you're going through a season where things feel out of your control and you feel kind of overwhelmed she says don't necessarily abandon your to-do list because it's there for a reason but also incorporate a done list and she Mm -hmm. likes to keep a done list of um, D-O-N-E, finished done list uh, of all the little things that she gets done throughout her day. And then she builds on it. And by the end of the week, she kind of sits down with a cup of coffee and and goes over it and says, you know what, like I did do a lot today. I did get, or this week, I got a lot of things accomplished and it's just another way to kind of pat herself on the back and, and see it from a different perspective. Because a lot of times, especially list junkies, probably like you and I, you know, we tend to sometimes focus on, well, oh, here's all the things I didn't get done. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm going to have to move to next week. And it's just kind of a plug for saying, you know, stop, pause, reflect on the, the wins you have had and um, let that build I your confidence.
0: That. This, that is, I don't know if you've ever been guilty of this, but I will say I am a hundred percent one of these people that even if I do something, sometimes I will write it down just Mm -hmm. so I can cross it off. So, Mm -hmm. which maybe says what a list junkie I am, but I think to the point that she's making is like, you know, give yourself the credit for the things you're doing. Like you do a lot of things and sometimes if it's not as grand and it doesn't feel like you're presenting something to the world or, you know, you have sort of an end product or whatever, it can feel... Like it's not really much, but it is. So yeah, I'm totally one of those people that writes down stuff that I'm like, I already did it, but I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna check it off.
2: That's right, <laughs> so, that's right. Wow. Well, I, I have loved this conversation, Lauren, and it's been so uplifting to me just to hear some of your wisdom and your tips. But uh, we're gonna wrap it up, but I would love for you to uh, share with our audience where besides um, Daily Curator, and or maybe just back up and tell us what all you have to offer on Daily Curator for those listening, but then also where can people find you maybe on social media channels or elsewhere?
0: Okay, sure. Um, so most of my stuff is actually on Lauren Um, I made a recent shift to go down to, in and, and and an effort to simplify in 2020, I uh, decided to just go down to one website, um, always looking for places to cut things that are taking too much attention. Um, right. So com, and you may have, people may have to look that up because it is a long and wordy, uh, last names, 13 letters. Um, so that, and then also you can find me on Instagram also under Lauren underscore Um, and that is mainly where you'll find any social media stuff I'm doing. And I'm pretty active over there. Um, and there's, you know, contact form. If anyone wants to reach out to me or direct message me, I'm happy to, um, connect with people that way too.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. And just another plug, you do have a journal that is available on Amazon. We, and I'm sure through your own website, but we will list all that in the show notes. So you don't have to try to spell Lauren's last name. We'll have it linked (laughs) here. Uh, But again, thank you, Lauren, so much for your time and uh, all of your insights on mindfulness and time management and productivity.
1: For joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com. That's M I L S P O G U R U S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.